Hey everyone, it's Joe here and welcome to this final instalment of our four-part mini-series where I sat down and interviewed our very own Arts Centre Artistic Director, Mark Ashton. We sat and talked about all things to do with directing, but in this episode specifically, we talk a lot about how to manage your ideas as a creative. Plus, at the end, Mark gives us his insider information about what arts productions might look like in the future and for 2023. If you haven't already, make sure you go back and listen to parts one, two and three of this interview because we talk about some great stuff and trust me, you don't want to miss it. So, this is the Arts Insider Podcast. Enjoy! I want to circle back now to what you mentioned about recreating something. It was a buzzword that I thought, oh, this connects nicely to a question that I have. My second to last question, in fact. Now, sweeping statement that I'm going to make on this, it's maybe I'm completely wrong, but I think where my head's at at the minute is in this world where no one wants to be the person who's recreating something everyone wants to have an original idea i'm actually gonna put out the argument that there's potentially no new original ideas you know there's there's seven original stories that everything's kind of based off of there's seven uh, or sorry no there's a handful of archetypes that characters really come from there's only nine spaces on a stage there's only so many colors that you can light a stage with the idea of there being a truly unique and original idea i don't know if i'm sold on that however how do you be original as a director in that world where there isn't necessarily any original ideas are you talking about originality in terms of the ideas as in what you produce or the way that you go about producing it i think i'm talking about what you produce i'm thinking about the times where you know we've got a song in the exam class which as you referenced a few episodes ago a lot of that is heavily heavily inspired by someone else's production that type of thing I, I think that you know there's a there's a I love this notion that that a lot of people but we work with young people so a lot of young people um are you know they they desperately try to blend in mm-hmm. and it's part of this thing goes back to this thing about them them wanting to belong to a tribe of some description and and people sometimes don't like that they're getting involved in the wrong people and blah 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 but ultimately it's important that that people belong to a tribe and you know with that it's like um hang on i forgot my train of thought now i was i was going i was going down a particular particular route give, give me cool. the question again so i'm wondering in a world that is full of people wanting to have original ideas How do you direct a piece in a world where there are no original ideas? Okay, so my my point on this would be that so many people are um, in a world where young people desperately try to blend in. 
um, and which is important for them that they belong to a particular group. It's important that they recognize and that we recognize that being individual, so being true to, to yourself, mm-hmm. is where all of the uniqueness comes from. Mm. So whether that's a, a writer or a director or a performer or whatever. So I think a lot of work has got to have happened in terms of self-awareness and self-reflection mm-hmm. and understanding what parts of you are true and what parts of you are not true. Which bits of you have you borrowed for right? Mm-hmm. It's okay to mm-hmm. be like someone else because mm-hmm. someone's exhibited behavior that is really, really positive and you mm-hmm. think, oh, well, I love that. But where are you desperately trying to trying to copy someone maybe for the wrong for the wrong yeah. reasons so i think it has got to begin with any originality has got to come from from you yeah you know and i um let, let me take art for example there was a piece of art that i seen in here i seen it in this building uh, at scam here and we did a we did some art we did an art gallery for um if you remember we did an art gallery for refugees yeah yeah and there was a there was a um a young girl who who she was a Syrian refugee and she had produced this artwork and it was so it was quite moving actually mm-hmm. because obviously her um her situation where she obviously left Syria and under a you know war and so on was was hugely um it was hugely emotive and the and the work that she'd done was very very specific but it was it was true to her story and it was true to her mm-hmm. and out of all the pieces in the room people were painting flowers and they were painting this that and the other it didn't really resonate with me yeah. i've seen it before yeah yeah but i've never seen that before that she was doing mm-hmm. i've never seen you know people behind barbed wire fences in silhouette and things like that it was so so powerful mm-hmm. and i wonder whether what she was doing was telling her story yeah. and that was true to her. So I think to do something truly, truly unique, I, I think I agree with you in the sense that we would have always borrowed that, mm-hmm. that influence from someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, you can recreate styles, I think. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I also wonder why are you doing that? Yeah. What are you doing it for? Are you doing it very purposely to be different? In which case, even that, is is it's kind of cliche and predictable yeah so in which case it like full circles on yourself that it's not original mm-hmm. so i just think you can honestly hold your hands up and say this is true to me this is me and this, i am i am directing and i'm producing art in in my truth or maybe as a theater director it's slightly different where you're not an artist producing an individual piece you're you're producing a piece of work that may be trying to tell the truth of the people that you're working with. Yeah. And and I, I just guess it comes down to firstly knowing yourself and secondly, yeah, having real, real clarity on what it is that you're what you're trying to do. I think an example could be really good for this because we had a conversation again in the car. I think we were both leaving the center that I, just a few days ago, that I think could be quite useful for this one. And jovially, I was talking to you about the idea of putting, I don't know, it was stupid, it was putting Elsa in a biker dress, a biker jacket. 
And, and you know, for the record, I'm not planning to put Elsa in a biker jacket because I, I know it wouldn't be a good idea. And you know it wouldn't be a good idea. I think when I was in the car and I was jokingly saying it to you, you did turn around and go, oh, God, no. But So there's a danger. There's a danger, I think, of, of being original. And as someone who is encountering for the first couple of times this world of, of theatre directing and being encouraged by the mainstream rhetoric of how to direct, being encouraged to be original with your ideas, there's a danger to it because why, why can't I put Elsa in a biker jacket? Why is that not cool? What's, what's your thoughts on that, on the dangerous side of originality? I think there's two things. The first thing I would liken it to is is being a chef. I I, I watch a lot of um, cookie type shows, and what I always what what you find is when you watch like a master chef, people are desperately trying to recreate the wheel. Oh, that would be me. I'm, reinvent I'm the wheel. That would be me. But what you find is the people that do it really well, the people that win that show, have a brilliant grasp on the on the what they call the classics. Yeah, the basics. So get the flavor profiles right, get the basics right, get all of the classics down, learn how to bone a chicken, learn how to how to cook a steak, learn how to make a sauce. And then once you understand the, 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 the you know the core fundamentals, then you can start to experiment and push the boundary. Yeah. I think that is exactly the same here in in, in theater is you you've got to understand what makes a really good show. Yeah. Um, you know, whether you're trying to entertain, whether you're trying to trying to provoke, you know, people go to the theatre to be moved and it's like moved in what way? And if you understand that, then you can you can do that. Mm-hmm. Um so so it's understanding the the, the the basics first and then why not try and try and do different things. Yeah. I think the second thing would be that's the danger of of losing your authenticity yeah. is you at the moment you're studying obviously in London uh, and you, you'll know better than I. But in the conversations that we've had, the theatre industry constantly changes and it constantly mm-hmm. evolves, yeah. and it faces different challenges. And what it's facing at the moment is a huge conversation, and rightly so, about um, you know the way that we cast, you know, gen- yeah. gender, ca- gender casting, and you know all this stuff around whether you know um, gay uh, performers should be playing gay roles, and all all of that is a huge, huge thing that's going uh-huh. on at the moment. And you bring a lot of that conversation back, you know, this the whole stuff around race and racism, and mm-hmm. and and you know. Um, performers of color and all of that is really enriching the conversation here mm-hmm. but the danger is that because because you're living and breathing all of that yeah that that now you, you maybe you're think you, you know you're looking at performances and thinking well i can't do this and i can't do that and i can't do the other whereas like anything any conversation any learning and teaching is all is all about awareness and being aware uh-huh. of all of these different things, sometimes, again, analysis paralysis, that actually 
all of this information means that you you're sat there with your your empty pad trying to create something new mm-hmm. and you're frightened to death of you I can't go down this road and I can't go down that road and I can't go down that road and actually you you can go down those roads but you've got to be really really mindful of why you're going down those roads mm-hmm. and and what it what is it going down that road is going to going to you know accomplish mm-hmm. um so we, we yeah we, we've got to be careful we've got to be mindful that that's this stuff is there to educate and to invo- inform and to enrich what we're doing mm-hmm. but certainly not to um you know to stop us from taking some risks and trying some new ideas and incorporating some different um, methodologies in what we're actually doing. Yeah. And, do you know, th- th- you kind of hit the nail on the head on some of the, I think, effect of going to a drama school to study this stuff that we do. You know, not just go and study to train to be an actor, but to study to train to be a practitioner and the facilitator. Because... I certainly found that, like, when I went to start productions at camp in America, uh, there was a, the first, the very first session where I had all of the cast sat around in a circle. I remember it was, I did it in a very, very applied theatre degree at a drama school way. I'm pretty sure at one point I tried to talk about the socio-political message of Shrek. And in reality, it's like you're getting a concentrated dose of that method but you can't try to disseminate out that concentrated dose to the rest of the world because, not necessarily because the the messages and the morals in that are incorrect, but because you've got to know your audience that you're pitching to. And this, I think, connects really nicely to my final question for you because it's really about that. I've just got written down the phrase, doing what's best for the students, not what's best for me. I don't want to unpack that too much because I want to get your thoughts on that. Just what do you take away from that as a sentence? Yeah, again, I think it comes back to self-awareness. Mm-hmm. I, I think that when you, and, and I can talk really, really specifically about you here. When I first met you, I used to say things like, you know, it was about perform- you performing and it was about mm-hmm. what roles can I get that's mm-hmm. going to benefit me. Yeah. Um, and, and, and there's, you know, there's a lot of people that do that, performers that, you know, this is about, it's about me and it's about my journey. And, mm-hmm. you know, I used to say that you were a bit of a game player. And I, mm-hmm. what I meant by that was you, you would always, you would always do the right things oh, because I think yeah. you were chasing things like, I, I, you know, I want to be the first to get to this point and I, yeah, I'd like to win, yeah. I'd like to win, I'd like to win this award and, and I think all of that, and I and I think Mike used to say to me, like, yeah, I think he plays a bit of a game. And it was like, yeah, I don't mind him playing the game uh-huh. because actually the the game is driving him to be excellent in what yeah. he's doing. But I do think there was a definite time when you actually started to change your your truth and your mm-hmm. your your reality was actually I'm actually enjoying helping other people mm-hmm. more than I'm actually helping myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, do you know what I mean? I'm more than I'm getting joy from helping myself, and I, I think that that is that's what happened. So for me, you know, th- there is an element of, but it can go two ways. That you know, 
you have got to fill your own cup. You've mm-hmm. you've got to go, well, in the, I want to get something out of this and I'd like to tell this story or mm-hmm. I'd like to do this show uh, or, you know, I'd like to use these particular people to do whatever. There's an element of that, I think. And that and that's that, that's hugely important. Mm-hmm. But there's also it's a two way process in there. There's got to be enough benefit for the people that you're leading as well. Mm-hmm. Do you know? So I think that that is that is a thing where, yeah, there's you can get a little bit self indulgent. Mm-hmm. You can be like, oh well, it's it's all about me. But actually, that attitude is great when it's just you. Mm-hmm. But when you are directing a show and you're leading a group of people either performers or practitioners you've got to be very mindful that it's got to be shared out mm-hmm. it's like having a piece having a pizza and cutting it into 12 it's like everyone's got to get a piece of the pizza you can't go well i'll have 10 pieces and you can share one because this is my project and let me tell you i have met many many people who who are young leaders theater practitioners filmmakers uh, uh, you know performers who who believe that actually that is that is right mm-hmm. that is a fair way to cut the pizza and it's it is it's just not mm-hmm. it's just not you know so you know you've got yeah there is again be, being truthful to you and, and and staying true to you um it's about constantly checking in on yourself and being self-awareness and how have I lost, am I, have I been blown off course here? And Mm -hmm. have I, am I still, still set out to achieve what I wanted to achieve? That is really important practice for anyone, whether it be journaling, whether it be, you know, podcasting like this, whether it be just conversations with, with mentors of, of any kind, checking in with your cast, all of that is, is key. Um, because yeah, you, 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 you can get a little bit, you know, sometimes the the praise and the adulation and the being being the top man or whatever. Mm. It, it, you know, the, the the good side of it is great, but there's a real responsibility and, and it's it's not forgetting that, I think. To finish off, I want to go right back to the start of today's interview and reference the fact that we started by talking about the first thing you ever directed. And I want to actually use that to springboard forward right into the here and now and get your sort of overview of how are the shows that you're currently directing going. And I'm sure we'll, you know, we'll continue to revisit them. But I guess compared to those first two times of directing a show, what what is this process like now? Well, I, I've last year was a difficult year, as we, we've discussed. But I think that for me this year at the moment uh, we've got different we're, we're doing shows and the new shows and you know we're, we're doing they're obviously offering different challenges but to me the focus you know has been different this year mm-hmm. you know we've made changes to our process again so even though i've directed over a hundred shows doesn't mean that i'm not learning new things and i think this year we've We've just tried to be a little bit more proactive in in the decisions that we've made. Um, we've we've tried to make sure we've I've chosen the right people to be part of those yeah. processes. Um, people that I know are very very bought into the processes, mm-hmm. um, and we we continue to tweak things. But at the moment, it seems like we're really on track. Um, 
I feel a little bit more, a little bit less pressured and more focused. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm excited to to see, you know, obviously with you taking on your role means that I have a different role in in the show that you're doing, which is being in the show, which is amazing. <laughs> Um, and, and doing some sort of uh, exec producing type stuff as well. So for me, the year is, I, I don't like, I don't like the Groundhog Day. I don't like the same old, same yeah. old. And I think the shows, new shows give us that, new casts give us that, uh, that that sense of freshness and and thingy. But I think this year is, it's a, it's a really big year for, you know, for doing things differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's all come from, the fact that you're directing a show and you know Jay's involved in directing his uh, the, the the prelims and co-direction and Ben Chain and all the people. Back to what we were saying before is this is this is not an overnight no thing. This is you know you guys have been being primed for this role for for seven seven eight years and and to see you guys now stepping into that with that kind of art center philosophy and, you know, making decisions. I listen to you guys make decisions and I think this is how, how we make decisions here. This mm-hmm. is, and that, that fills me with a, with a huge sense of pride and a huge sense of optimism, I guess, for the mm-hmm. future. Um, because as, as you know, for me, it's not about the here and now it's about, we know how transformative what we do how important it is what we do and and I know that you share this with me which which is I'd love to be able to to offer this mm-hmm. the, these amazing opportunities to more and more people yeah and I guess that that is that is what this year is it's building blocks to that bigger picture in the future mm. and Mark on that we'll wrap up our questions there I want to take the time to thank you because as I say, as an early career director with not a lot of shows under my belt, certainly none of this scale that I'm going into this year, to have, I suppose, unfiltered access to your advice and wisdom and tricks of the trade, I think it's a very rare commodity for someone in my position to be able to have. So I want to thank you for for taking the time to to chat with me today. You're very welcome, and I oh, I wish you all the very best with, uh, with with your with your new challenge. To those listening, thank you for listening. There is still two empty chairs at the Arts Insider Studio, so if you want to join us, ask some of our team some questions into the inner workings of the Arts Centre. Be sure to get in touch, and we can make that happen. But until then, see you next time. Have a great week. Bye-bye.